The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Thank you so much for joining us on the Forum at 8. It's 10 minutes after 8. Uh, this morning we focus on a story that uh, we've been tracking for a couple of weeks now and, and, and trying to get the relevant parties to speak to us about it. And um, Unati Kwaza asked the question uh, to me earlier on Twitter about whether the city was invited. Indeed, we've been trying to get hold of the city. We've been trying to get uh, hold of other stakeholders here as well. We did eventually manage to confirm Bonginkosi Madigizel MEC for Human Settlements in the Western Cape um, who will join us but of course as for the city we have been trying for a couple of weeks now to get someone to come in and represent the city here give us their perspective on this matter uh, to no avail unfortunately and we've gotten to a point where we've decided this story goes ahead the SABC policy is very clear the editorial policy on right of reply so should the city feel at any point that uh, um, they wish to have that right invoked. They are free to call us to come in. They are free even at this stage to till, uh, still join the conversation. And um, of course, uh, we'll deal with it as uh, it arises on their side. But on the forum at 8 this morning, we will focus on the issue of the uh, Tafelberg site in Seapoint in Cape Town, which the Western Cape government wants to sell, allegedly for $135 million to raise funds for a new office block for the Department of Education. Now, NGO uh, Reclaim the City is opposing the sale and uh, they are feeling that uh, the vested interests of uh, the poor are not taken into account here. And uh, they go on to say uh, where vested interests of uh, the public assets uh, flourish, the space for ordinary people to participate, to influence decisions and to hold their elected uh, officials to account actually starts to narrow. And this could be a case in point. So, to get into the nitty gritties of the story, we are joined uh, by Joanne Lowe, who's treasurer of Reclaim the City. And uh, thank you so much for your time this morning, Joanne. Yes, ma'am. And we also have with us Bonginkosi Madigizela, who's MEC for Human Settlements in uh, the Western Cape. Thanks for your time this morning, Mr. Madigizela. Thank you very much, yes, again. And let me just reiterate, if anyone from the city of Cape Town is listening and you want to join us, feel free. Just call us and we'll put you on the panel as well. Um, we, we, as I said, we got to a point where we needed to put the story on because we can't keep dragging it out. Uh, Joanne, let me start with you. Uh, you've lived in Seapoint for 30 years and you say the people who work in Seapoint are heartbroken that they are not a part of Seapoint uh, because um, they there's no affordable housing uh, suitable for deserve, uh, deserving families in Seapoint. Please explain that to us. I've been living for 30 years in Seapoint. And as the years go, I had a look at many of these people that live in the city that um, have no accommodation, that's been traveling in and out on a daily basis. So, yeah, we started with the Reclaim the City and see that, that there was a piece of land that I've located uh, on the Tafel website. And we started last year um, in September, and we had the movement going. And, yeah, we are occupied at the, um, on the waterfront for them, 
and we are planning, we've got big plans for the land for people that live in Kipon that has been part and parcel of the land. So, um, yeah. Joanne, when you say we have big plans for people to live on the land that you have uh, identified, who is we and is the city of Cape Town part of that process? Yeah, the, the, uh, the people that live in Kipon are the domestic workers. They lived there in for many years and they would love. I think their desire is to live and to work in Seapoint. So we started to reclaim the city for affordable and for suitable housing. And what was the city's response? The city's response was that the tower work was called off from hand. Called off by whom? By Helen Zeller. Did the city give you reasons as to why this happened? Well, as Laka can see that they had other plans for that piece of land in Tafelberg. So let me bring uh, Mr. Bonginkosi Madigizela in here. And there have been various articles written about this particular situation as well, Mr. Matigizela, and um, the blame seems to be put fairly uh, squarely at the door of the Premier Helen Ziller uh, for wanting to sell a piece of land that was identified for low-cost uh, and affordable housing in Seapoint, um, and uh, by so doing, not taking into consideration the plight of poor people like domestic workers who live in Seapoint. Let me correct a number of assumptions here that are made by Joanne. No organization, Sakina, decides where, um, I mean, the government must build for a particular group of people. We, we, government doesn't work like that. We don't plan like that. Every piece of land where that we develop as government, we use it to develop it for people on the housing demand database or waiting list. And it is that housing demand database that must determine who must live where, depending where you have land as government. Therefore, um, the expectations that were raised by um, the Reclaim the City, by just saying this land, we are going to build I and mean, use it for a particular group of people. Again, it's a wrong assumption that was made and raising unrealistic expectations. That's the first thing. So, so before you go to the second thing, so what was that land earmarked for? That land is, is the land that belongs to the provincial government of the Western Cape under the custodianship um, of, of uh, transport and public works. Now, it is the responsibility of government to identify various pieces of land and come to a decision how best to use those pieces of land. Mm-hmm. So that was a school site. Currently, that is a school site. So what had the city earmarked it for? No, the city cannot earmark the land that it does not own. As I said, the land is owned by the provincial government uh, under the custodianship of transport and public works. So that is a provincial government land. Not the city land. So, so, so what is the process then for if the city, let's uh, go on what you are saying. So if the city wants to build a low-cost housing anywhere in the Western Cape, how do they go about doing that? Okay. 
If the city wants to build and develop in a particular area and it doesn't own the land, it applies for that land from the provincial government for that land to be transferred to the city. So was uh, such a request made to the provincial government by the city of Cape Town? No. No. Now, let me then come... Let me, let, let me then come to the second point, if you can allow me. Please go. Now, yeah, now, we are talking about a small piece of land. It's just over one hectare. <laughs> now, when we were told that we are facing financial crisis in South Africa as early as 2015, um, we must find ways to raise revenue as different departments and different you know, spheres of government. Because the, what resulted into that is that the wage negotiations um, resulted, you know, in a 7% settlement, and we budgeted for 5.8 a settlement. Now, that resulted in a shortfall in some of the commitments that were made by the provincial government. We then had to look at various ways uh, and means to raise revenue. And this is going to be the biggest debate in future. How do you then leverage the assets that you have to raise revenue? Because there are two things here. The first thing is that the call for inner city development is a valid one. We have to make sure that there's inner city development. But at the same time, you have to make sure that you raise the shortfall. I mean, because of the financial crisis that you find ourselves in. Now... We have made it very clear as a provincial government that we are going to make other sites that are bigger than Tafelbeck available for this particular purpose in a city development. Helen Bowden is close to waterfront. It's much bigger than the piece of land that we are talking about. Woodstock Hospital site, a number of other sites within the inner city that have been identified. Now, people are talking as if the sale of Tafelbeck means there won't be inner city development, which is, again, misleading. So that's the point here, is that why the obsession about one hectare of land that will not accommodate as many people as we would like to, um, as opposed to the other side that we have identified? Because we have to make sure that we use some of our assets to raise the shortfall that will be there, and given the fact that we are now downgraded, um, we have to find means, ways and means as different spheres of government to raise revenue to fund the shortfall that you are now going to have. So is it true then, or isn't it, that there was consensus at some point uh, from the city, from uh, social housing institutions, and uh, the government that that Tafelberg site would be reserved for affordable housing? Was that never on the cards? Okay. Let me just say, my department, because at, at some point we were busy looking for different pieces of land. My department applied for that piece of land from the Department of Public Works to be used for social housing. And then we did a feasibility study at the time, and I think that was five years ago, um, and that there was an interest from my department. Um, but a lot happened, you know, since then. Because at the time we were talking about social housing, but if you look at the, 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 the financial um, feasibility uh, of that today, it would be difficult to do only social housing uh, without 
putting, you know, other type of housing as well. We now call it mixed development. Because the situation now is that you will need a mixed development. Um, by mixed development, I mean you'll have social housing, you'll have affordable housing, and you have upmarket housing so that you are able to cross-subsidize, you know, the lower end of the market. Because if you don't mix it like that, it will not be financially viable. Okay. And, and in fact, yes. Now, so if you look at... At some I'm, point, you did concur, and, 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 and yes. that particular site was actually earmarked for affordable yes. housing. So why did yes. you say it wasn't in, at the onset? No, no, no. No, no, it was never earmarked. We applied for it. So there's a difference between earmarking a site. We wanted to use it for social housing. It is not true that it was earmarked. Now, earmarking something simply means that it is meant to be used for that particular purpose. It was never earmarked for it. We applied for this as Department of Human Settlement because we wanted to use it for that. It so was there was it. never a point where with the city uh, and with the other institutions that I mentioned previously, you came to a point where you said that the Tafelberg side should be reserved for affordable housing. That never happened. But I just, I just explained that now. That we as the Department of Human Settlements made that application from the Department of, Human, of, of Public Works. We so what changed? To use it. Apart from the, the, the reasons that you have given us, um, is, is that it? Because you say that um, you, you've then since decided uh, based on feasibility. Tell us exactly what went into that study that convinced you otherwise. But a lot has changed since then, as I said. What? Uh, what exactly I'm, changed? I'm, I'm getting to that. Now, Currently, the, if you talk about social housing, and again, um, people who are talking about, um, you know, low-cost housing, they must define what they mean, because we are talking about social housing. Now, if you look at social housing now, you can talk to a number of social housing institutions. They will tell you that at the current, you know, um, um, threshold, it is not feasible to do social housing anymore, because... Currently, social housing is for people who are earning between 1,500 and 7,500. In fact, at the last MinMAC, we took a decision to increase the threshold because it became difficult to implement social housing at that lower income level. That's the first thing. So that Why? is what changed. Why is it difficult? It is difficult because it's not financially viable. Remember, for you to do social housing, you need a number of partners. You need the city, you need the Department of Human Settlements to make a contribution, you need um, the, the National Department to make a contribution through SHRA, etc., etc., in order for you to be able to come up with the social housing. Now, Is this not law- just another way of excluding poor people from occupying a prime property within Cape Town? But you see, the, I just made this point now, that the fact that a decision was taken to go ahead with the sale of Tafelberg does not necessarily mean there won't be an inner city development. I just told you that there is Helen Bowden side, which is bigger than Tafelberg, right at the waterfront. There's Woodstock Hospital side, which is much bigger than Tafelberg. So we must not talk as if here that the sale of Tafelberg means that there won't be any inner city development. And that's my argument here which is misleading, because those people who are talking about Duffelbeck and the sale of Duffelbeck, they are talking about it as if 
nothing will happen in the inner city after the sale of Safa which is not true. So has that site that you are mentioning now, has that been earmarked for this particular development? It's part of the cabinet decision. If you look at the cabinet decision, it clearly states that these are the sites where we are going now to do mixed development. Again, just not, not just social housing, mixed development. They have now been earmarked for that, and it's part of the cabinet decision. Well, we're speaking to MEC Bonginkosi, uh, Madigizela, MEC for Human Settlements in the Western Cape, uh, also Joanne Lowe, Treasurer at Reclaim Our City. And we're talking about uh, the uh, Tafelberg site in Seapoint in Cape Town, which the Western Cape government wants to sell uh, to raise funds for an office block for the Department of Education, allegedly. NGOs and other residents in Cape Town um, not very happy about this particular decision. And this is what we are focusing on this morning. We're going to take a few calls before we get to news, 891 You can also uh, SMS us on 40938, charged at 150 per SMS. Manelisi in Cape Town, good morning. Morning, Sakina. I've been listening to, to, you, to you and your guests quite adequately because um, I'm actually in, uh, in a position where I can actually comment clearly on this issue because I've, I've been trying to uh, acquire uh, land to buy or build my own house, and I can tell you for a fact that your, your complaint there is actually not going to win. Because even if the land was given to her, she wouldn't be able, or should I say, uh, given the opportunity for her to get the land, she wouldn't be able to acquire the land because the law or the legislation does not allow for an individual to buy the land outright from council. You have to go through a tender process and. Uh, be it as it may, the larger land that the other guest is speaking about, that land, you will find that no individual can outright buy that land straight from the council because you're talking about huge amounts of money, like a hundred and odd million, and that money can only be um, paid by developers, just like the one you had yesterday. This is a a long-standing law that is enshrined in the Constitution, which prevents all municipalities nationwide from selling uh, residential land to individuals. This is why you will find that individuals have to pay um, a, a amount of money, like $1.5 million for uh, 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 land, which is half of a hectare, to build a, a stand. And you will find that very few instances where people buy land from council. Like right now, a company is involved in, in, in tender for two stands in Kailita, and there's over 100 applicants for that, those two pieces of land. But we, you go through quite a number of steps for each acquired piece of land. So I want to state that before any of this can be resolved, the legislation has to be dismantled to allow individuals to acquire land individually. Because once that happens, you're going to do away with bank loans because people can buy land affordably. Because currently, if you calculate the amount of land that is being uh, offered as an alternative, if you divide that into sizable stands, you will find that on average, each stand will be less than 10,000 rand. But currently, people are paying half a million to 1.5 million, and that's if there is no 
um, uh, plan put in place already by the developer. So it is something in which the city is in cahoots with. That's why they don't want to come onto your stations, because they know that they are in cahoots with developers and banks. There is a huge scheme in which they are profiteering. Okay. They are profiteering. Got you, Manelisi. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. And we are talking about a story in Cape Town. And as indicated earlier, we've been trying to do the story for a while and decided finally today, even without the city of Cape Town being uh, represented this morning, we will go ahead with the story. And if they wish to reply, they can still call in or we'll give them right of reply. And uh, thank you so much for uh, tuning in. We are joined by Bonginkosi Madigizela, the MEC for Human Settlements in the Western Cape. And uh, unfortunately, lost Joanne Lowe there, uh, who is from Reclaim the City. Uh, she is someone who has lived in Seapoint for 30 years and says that people who work in Seapoint are heartbroken that they are uh, uh, that, that they are denied opportunity to be a part of Seapoint uh, uh, through these de- latest developments. Uh, so what we're discussing is the issue of the Tafelberg site in Seapoint in Cape Town, which the Western Cape government apparently wants to sell allegedly for 135 million rand to raise funds for a new office block when residents actually were led to believe that uh, that uh, particular site was uh, earmarked for, uh, for, for, for low-cost housing and residential development. So uh, Mr. Madigizela giving us context as to why this is not happening and uh, so on. So we're going to take a few more calls. We're there before the break and then I'll come back to Mr. Madigizela to respond to them. Um, Pumeleno in Cape Town, good morning. Morning, Sagina. How are you doing? Well, and you? I'm good. Sagina, when the Honorable MEC first opened his mouth, he, to- he told you something and I think that thing just passed you. Um, he said, um, the city allocate housing based on the list. You know, so you've got to be on the list first because you allocated a house. And he also said, said another thing in the middle of his explanation. He said, you know, he talked about social housing. What he did not say to you, that what, what social housing in this context means is that if you don't have money, you cannot live in the inner city. Here are, here are examples again. Mr. Matigizela, I know a place called Barcelona in Cipolito. Uh, Barcelona, when it started, is an is a, is a, is a, is a informal settlement. It started with 675 odd shacks. Today, I think there's over 1,500. That site, the people who live there, they live on top of a dam site, which used to be a dam site of the city of Cape Town. When John Pellman was in charge of this program, you know, I took John Pellman. Uh, to that site, I took Mayor Helen Zille to that site. Mayor Helen Zille wrote to me, wrote to me and said to me that those people would never be moved anywhere because they're sitting there illegally. Mr. Matigizel, I know a place called Blackish Fondy, I mean Blackish Dorp. The people who live in Blackish Dorp, again, have got nowhere. They were put there by the city. They've got nowhere else to go. Now, here's a question I have for, 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 for Mr. Uh, Gizel. Where are the people who are the domestic workers who are poor going to live in this city? Because in this city, the land is shrinking, Sakina. Parklands is being built up, you know. There's no allocation for social housing. Danun is being squeezed by factories on one side of the road, by a farm and by by an industrial area. So where are these people who work in the city and work in places like Seapoint? are going to live if they cannot 
be given housing in places like Daverberg site. Okay. Thanks again. Thanks, Mpumelelo. Philip Dexter, also in Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks, Sakina. Um, you know, I've been involved in this uh, site, the Tafelberg site, since the early 1990s. You know, the ANC branch in Seapoint repeatedly made requests to the provincial government, both when the ANC was running the province, when they approved it for social housing, and then when the DA took over, where they've obviously now, because of their policies, shifted the site, which is, uh, you know, a highly valuable piece of ground in Seapoint. I think the previous caller hit the nail on the head. Social housing is supposed to be built in the inner city areas. Government provides funding for it. SHRA has enough funding to develop the Tafelberg site. It also has enough funding to develop all the other sites the MEC is talking about, Somerset Hospital, etc. But the SABC itself owns property in Seapoint that it's not using. There are vacant houses that have been boarded up there for 20 years. It's an absolute disgrace that in this day and age, people are still being put in Blicky's Dorp and Volvo Hut and all of these terrible places, this urban sprawl. The money is available. The land is available. The DA in the province doesn't have the political will. I'll tell you why the city is not here, because the city agrees with the people. And there's a conflict between the city of Cape Town and the province because the city wants to build houses in the inner city area. I think that probably the DA's supporters and funders are the ones who are getting the benefit of the sale of the land. The NEC should stop the urban sprawl and use all available inner city land to develop social housing because the funding is there. Thank you very much. Thanks, Philip Dectors. Let's get a response from uh, MEC Matigizela. Thank you very much. Let me start with Philip. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is is that it's not true that there's enough money. And I'm not sure where Philip lives. Um, we, are, we don't have enough money in South Africa. In fact, if you look at the situation in Western Cape alone, when we, where we have 575,000 people on the waiting list, we have funding to assist only 18,000 families. That simply means that we don't have enough money. But on the issue of adaptive tech, again, I want to reiterate the point. That the issue here, Sakina, is not either or. The issue is that as government, we have to do inner city development. But the point that you are making is that we have to strike the balance between raising more revenue, because there's, it's not, there's not enough money, as Philip said. That's not true. And also doing that inner city development. Those are two things that we must make sure that we strike the balance on. And we are doing exactly that. Now, we are also saying that you need a big enough site to be able to achieve the objective of a mixed development so that you get the cross-subsidization from the upper market to the lower market. That's the point that we're making. Now, on the issue of, I mean, the, the previous caller raised a number of issues about Barcelona, about um, Blackstone. Now, he's quite correct that the situation in Barcelona, Europe, Vuguzenzel, and all that strip next to the airport, I mean, the, the conditions there are horrendous. But I, I think the caller, I mean, I'm not sure if he's aware that that is where we are busy focusing now. I mean, that area is part of our catalytic projects as the Department of Human Settlements. That is where we are busy as we speak. In fact, we have started with um, uh, profiling uh, the communities. We have completed that process. And one of the things that we are doing is to really test 
that soil again to see whether we can rehabilitate it so that people are not moved. Because that, those areas are strategically located, Sakina. You know, they're closer to transport mode, they're closer to airport. We don't want to uproot people and take them 40 kilometers away, you know, from the transport nodes. So that is where we are currently busy now, so that we can deal with the situation of Barcelona and many other areas. Now, the, and that's exactly, again, that's what we are doing in, in, in Plekisto. Now, on the issue of the first caller, the first caller, I mean, I, I, I need to say to him that what we are busy now doing as Department of Human Settlements in this province, we are, we, after the decision that was taken by MinMEC in 2012, we are now going to make sites available to people who are earning between zero um, and, and, I mean, between 3,500 and 7,000 so that they can get those sites for free. Because we do know that the people who belong to this income category, Sakina, do not qualify for a free house, but they also do not qualify for a bond. And therefore, it's difficult for them, you know, to, to be accommodated anywhere. So we, that's why we took a decision that there are sites in our development that are going to be made available so that those people get them for free uh, so that they can start, you know, building their own homes. And we are going to make sure as well that people who are struggling to get a bond from the bank who are, who are, who are earning slightly above that, we subdivide the land so that they can have sites, you know, below the market uh, um, uh, uh, value. So these are the things that we are doing to deal with the problem. But again, I want to emphasize this issue of inner city development. Where I agree with Philip is that we have not done enough to make sure that we develop, you know, for, for, for people in the inner city. And that is why now Helen Bowden, um, Woodstock site, Orangezach, a number of other sites, that have been identified, we are going to do exactly that. Let me read some messages before I get back to the lines. 891 is the call-in number. Uh, reading SMSs from uh, 40938, that's our SMS line. This one says, uh, removing residents from inner city work opportunities and recreational amenities is perpetuating apartheid spatial planning. Only developers and the wealthy will benefit. And that is a way of keeping poor people away from the bosses. Uh, that is why Cape Town City will never come to the radio. Another one says uh, the DA administration are working for the elite. I should know. And I was a business analyst for um, uh, strategies. Don't cater for the poor. I worked 20 years in the CBD, but I can't live there. Shameful how financial goals always trump socioeconomic upliftment and uh, the poor suffer most unequal administration in South Africa. This one says, uh, pity you were not as tenacious in exposing Johannesburg corruption uh, that happened under your noses. And uh, then a slew of others, uh, King Damane says, it's exactly that. Poor people will forever be sacrificed for so-called revenue that needs to be raised. And Ed uh, Selimachu says his department is also pushing back, uh, pushing black and colored people out of the city to the outskirts uh, because there are no benefits for these groups. At Captain underscore DDZ says, Sakina, please ask the MEC, what guarantees do the people have now that these so-called factors won't come up again on the other side? Um, Time Traveler says, uh, when Madikizela Mandela applied for that land before, was the space enough then? So many contradictions here. 
um, and Helen should have come herself. Tato Selwane says a small piece that's worth uh, almost 140 million rand. Come on, Madigizela. If it's so small, why sell it to the highest bidder? District 6 all over again. Edward Temba says your guest, um, uh, to your guest, uh, that uh, that piece of land might be small, but to the poor and exploited domestic workers, it might be a means to the world for them. And then uh, many others coming through. Jim Asqual, uh, Pasqual Augustine says the DA seems to have questionable deals conniving with so-called developers against deserving residents. Uh, the Seapoint case is not an isolated one. Houston uh, Berflachter residents have similar concerns. And as I say, many more will try and get to them. Let's take more calls. Uh, Susan Coleman is calling from Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning. Um, thanks for taking my call. And thanks for taking on the MEC on the pedantics of this sale because they are completely capable of talking you in circles for the next 10 years. Um, I wanted to um, step away a little bit from the the one case. Mm-hmm. And there's been lots of fantastic there's been lots of fantastic commentary on the lack of political will by the city um, to regard um, identification and mixed use uh, development in the inner city as a priority um, and I wanted to note that the city of Cape Town has identified 10,000 hectares of developable land within the city area close to existing bulk services um, that was a 2010 study about which they've done virtually nothing. And instead what they've done is they take budget, which they say is to address apartheid spatial planning, and they develop a transport system to entrench this dormitory system where everybody has to get on a bus and spend two hours a day traveling in and out of the city. Um, So that's the one thing. There's no political will whatsoever to allow people to live close to their place of work. And then the second one is let's go back a step further where they say this red flag of we have to raise enough revenue to run the city. Well, if you want to build a one billion rand building in the middle of the city, you're going to have to start casting around for pieces of land which you can sell for a hundred million rand to pay for that. And yet there's, um, there's a process at the moment where civil servants offices are being um, opened in Mitchell's Plain, where most of the civic um, office pe- uh, workers live, and there's, there's a decentralization from the civic center of Cape Town because too many people spend too much time on the road coming to work. Now you've got a civic center that is emptying out. You've got floors and floors of empty office space there, and then, this, and then the city justifies this decision by saying, we're building an education department for a billion rand, of which 100 million rand has to be um, raised to, to, cover the, to cover that revenue loss. Well, the reason why they don't have enough revenue is because they are not densifying. They are promoting urban sprawl. Wow. Which, which costs a huge amount of money. Um, I work on a, a campaign to try and protect the farmlands from being paved over. Now, the city is absolutely hell-bent on paving over the breadbasket of the city. Eustenburg Factor, which you mentioned before, has been chopped up for housing. Now, Eustenburg Factor and the Philippi Horticultural Area are the last two areas that can provide the residents of the city of Cape Town with vegetables. And yet they're, they're paving over the, the Philippi Horticultural Area and spending 
way inflated prices on buying land there, land which isn't even suitable for housing. Um, and their speculation on that land is raising the price of the land to about 10 times more than it was 15 years ago. And they're using taxpayers' money to buy land, on, to buy rural land 30 kilometers away from the city to build housing. Now, Susan, how is that gentrification? Hold on. Let's get uh, the MEC to respond to you directly. MEC? Susan, I mean, gentrification is costly. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what you mean. That the reason why we don't have enough money is because we're not gentrifying. Uh, let me start there. But um, it, we don't have an choice when it comes to that. Um, we have to densify, even though it's costly. So I, she mustn't contradict herself and say the reason why we don't have money is because we don't densify. But the reason why we don't have money, and Susan must understand that, it's because the economy, the population is growing faster than the economy. And that will be a phenomenon uh, for years to come, and that's a reality. Um, the money that we have at our disposal as government um, to deal with our social commitments is far less than the actual, you know, challenges that we are facing. You know, I made mention of the numbers in terms of the housing demand database in the Western Cape compared to the available budget that we have, and that is the reality. I mean, I do understand that um, people want government to deal with social ills, but you need money to do that. And this fixation on this one particular site of land, when I said this time and again, that there are other pieces of land where we want to get economies of scale, plus subsidization so that you cushion the poor. I mean, I've said that several times, and that is exactly what you are doing. And on the issue, again, of densification, um, we are running out of land, which is a very scarce resource within the city because we are between the sea and the mountain. Um, and I also take the point that we haven't done enough to densify, you know, um, Sakina, and which is what we need to do um, going forward. But no one is being removed because there are a number of comments who are saying why remove domestic workers. No one is being removed. Um, a point that I made earlier is that no organization that can just identify a site and say, I want to build for my people here. It doesn't work like that. Um, how you plan... Um, as government is determined by the demand which the first come first principle must apply. You don't identify land and say we want to build for our people here, but no one is being um, moved. In fact, the sites that you are talking about, the sites that you are talking about, you know, are one or two kilometers away from um, the site that that people are, are talking about, which is the Duffelberg. So, so um, we are talking about the very same inner city development, which is a bone of contention here, and they're saying we're making more pieces of land available to do exactly that. Uh, Susan, uh, just a very quick response from you so I can move on. Thanks very much, Sakina. Um, the city must utilize the 10,000 hectares of developable land that they've identified. It's not in the city, per se, only. It's all along the southern suburbs. There's very comfortable areas next to transport systems and existing bulk services. The cost that you pay for not densifying is that you have, you have to put in bulk services like sewage and water and electricity and roads in okay. areas that don't have it at all. And so... Um, mm. I would say that the city needs to concentrate on utilising those 10,000 hectares of land before they start paving over the farmlands. Thanks very much. Thanks, Susan Coleman. Uh, JR in Johannesburg, good morning. 
Oh, yeah, again, I think I think the more I listened to uh, the MEC, the more I got this sort of mindset. It's making a huge mistake. Um, when we say move domestic workers outward, we don't mean um, literally moving them away, but excluding them by not making rental stock available right there by the sea. Stop domestic workers, security guards, etc., to stay with the rich. Why? There's nothing wrong. I mean, here, this Duffelsberg side could produce 10 floors. Can he concede on air right now that at least two floors of that 10 floor or whatever 20 floors he may put up could be set aside as a rental stock? Nothing stops such a move. And by the way, can he answer to when last was a social housing development, if any at all, was developed right in the CDD um, and, and central areas or surrounding areas such as the Duffelberg site. He should not mention the outskirts where colored and Tosa people are kept where they are, where they live, and far away from the riches. Thank you. Thank you so much. JR, um, MEC? I'm not sure whether JR was listening to me and many other people as well. The fact that the sale of stuff will go ahead does not necessarily mean that there won't be any inner city development. And I'm making this point time and again. No one is being pushed away. We are opting to use other sides. That's not far from Duffelberg. That are bigger. Um, that will give us more, um, you know, um, units. And this is what we're going to do. I mean, what they are saying is that when you talk about mixed development, you are going to designate some of um, of the units within that development to be social housing, you know, and some might be conventional, some might be, you know, in the upper end of the market, but there will be social housing in the size that I'm talking about. And I think that's the point that I'm making. Um, the fact that Duffelbeck is being, you know, sold does not necessarily mean there won't be any development next to Duffelbeck. And I've, I've been making that point. Perhaps I'm not coming out very clear. There will be inner city development. It will be on the bigger sites, um, on bigger sites. And um, it will deal with all the issues that people are raising. But it's just not in Duffelbeck because I have explained time and again why we need to strike the balance between raising revenue which will be a big issue going forward now that we are downgraded and also doing the inner city development. Because it's not going to help us to earmark all the area, areas for inner city development um, and end up having no money to do that development, which is a situation that you are in now in South Africa. And what about people's basic rights? But, but, but hold that question and you can add it to whatever Vusi is going to ask. Vusi in Durban, good morning. Uh, if I can have two, two, three things. One, uh, the, the MC mustn't come here and play and use semantics. Identifying and earmarking is one and the same thing. At some point, I identified it. It means it is suitable. It can still be used. Number two, uh, I think he, he, there's a problem with his mentality. He says government. It's government that decides this. Government that. Who's government? Government is the people. When the people say we want social housing here, he must be responsive to the people. Lastly, I believe that he's on a mission to exclude the poor. They've already concluded a deal that they will sell this site to some developer. It's a corrupt deal. And we want all those sites, including those that is calculating. Uh, you must add them all together and avail them for housing. No problem.
Thank you. That's Vusi and Durban. MEC? Well, Vusi, we are not going to do what you are saying we must do, unfortunately. Um, I just made this point that um, if if you are saying that this is a corrupt deal, I mean, I'd be very much happy if people can bring, you know, all the proof that this is a corrupt deal. And um, we will take those people to task. Um, but the issue of people versus government, there is a process that is followed when you develop. I mean, the point that I'm making here is that you're not going to allow a particular group to just say, we want, there's an IDP process that must be followed, which is a government process, which must identify areas to be developed following that process, which must ensure that there's money that is put aside to do that development. So you, you don't just accept any grouping that says, this is what we want in this particular area without following that particular process. And that's a point that I'm making here. And you, you spoke about the people's basic rights. And again, I keep on saying this. What do you mean by that, Sakina? Because when you talk about people's basic right to be, I mean, for, for them to be in the, accommodated in the inner city, I spoke about that. The sites that you're talking about are right in the inner city, and they will address the concerns that are raised about Duffelberg. But people, I mean, the, part, I mean the, the problem that I have here is that no one seems to be, um, you know, listening to this issue of financial crisis that we are in, the, the, the shortage of funding that we are going to face. But could it and also be that need... you are not listening to what everybody is saying? You say everybody doesn't uh, listen or seem to understand. Could it be that you are also not understanding what everybody else is saying? No, but no one is addressing the issue that I'm raising about the need to raise revenue. People are raising the issue of developing. Where is the money going to come from? And if someone can say to me, this is where the money must come from, because I'm raising a point here. I'm raising the need to strike the balance between developing in the inner city for the poor and also raising revenue. I'm saying the revenue is shrinking because of the situation that we find ourselves in. And people seem to be oblivious to that reality. Now, where is the money going to come from? I don't think it's that because the same way where the money is going to come from from the next side that you have now uh, decided to go with, it's the same story on this side. But why the the, the, the city then decided uh, to earmark this for uh, a different purpose as opposed to the other, I think is what people are questioning. The fact that government may not be responsive to what it is that the people are saying and what the people want. Um, maybe, and, and this is not just a problem in the Western Cape, it's a problem that is pervasive where government does not seem to listen to the people we have listened to people and that is why we have earmarked sites to do exactly that okay the point here is that you can't be fixated to one hectare of land when we've explained time and again why we've made that decision and what we are putting in place to deal with the with the with the concern that people are raising because it's not as if we've taken away what people are raising and put nothing We've put much more to deal with what people are raising. That's the point here. I think, Mr. Matigizela, we're not going to get much further than that because uh, that argument cuts both ways as well.
the equal fixation on the side um, of government with that piece of land. As you say, people are fixated on it. But um, as that were, that's where we're going to leave it for this morning on this particular matter. Tons of messages will storyfy on safm.co.za. And thanks so much for your participation. And to Mr. Abongin Kosima Digizela, MEC for Human Settlements in the Western Cape, and to Joanne Lowe, who also joined us earlier on. Uh, it's nine o'clock now. Time for the news with uh, Simpuwe Ngongwane.